Welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. It is May 16th, 2020, and I'm your co-host, The Fat Wizard, joined today by... Alamaxia. And Lobos. Today, we're playing Donkey Kong Country for the Super Nintendo, and this was released in 1994. So it's been a little bit since we played a platformer. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a, a really cool one, and I think Alamaxi, you had recommended this for us to check out. So maybe you walk us through uh, a little bit what this game is about. So Donkey Kong Country is uh, it's really a game that Donkey Kong got his chops. He or got his chops back. Instead of getting beat by Mario up on those platforms, now he's in his own adventure, running along, trying to find what happened to all of his bananas. You start out in the game, first level, you pick up a few bananas, and there's a spot in the beginning where if you turn around and uh, go in a cave, you run in, and it's Kong's banana horde, and you see Donkey Kong just, he's shamed. There's, there's no bananas in there. So you are Donkey Kong, and it is your quest to go find all the bananas. Yeah, actually, I was kind of curious about that banana horde. As you collect bananas, does that fill up? Does that like show progress in the levels? Did anyone go back and look at that level, that area? It will only show bananas in there whenever you have completed the game. Mm. Okay. I had the same thought, but also did not venture back to check myself. <laughs> so the, the the game is centered around Donkey Kong, but he's got a new companion, and the companion's name is Diddy Kong? Yeah, Diddy, yeah, Kong. Diddy Kong. Diddy. And I don't know, was this the first introduction of multiple Kongs? You know, we all knew about Donkey Kong, but it was... You know, uh, if you want to split hairs, we could go to a Donkey Kong three, and that had um, Baby Kong. Okay, but all right. So but this does introduce the, more of a Kong family. Yeah, there's yeah. there's Candy Kong, so that's a love interest of Donkey Kong. There's Cranky Kong. Uh, I think it, maybe he's just like the the Grandpa Kong. Yeah, he's Grandpa. And then there's there's Funky Kong. I don't know if there's a relation between donkey kong and, and funky kong other than he's just there hanging out he's the and bro he's like carrying a surfboard he's a bro yeah. not literal bro but the you know yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was 90s he was totally radical yeah that's true <laughs> and the uh the ultimate bad guy uh, i guess because this one this kong was the one that that stole your bananas this was well it wasn't king. a king it wasn't a kong that stole them oh it's not it's like a crocodile crocodile yes, king k rule yeah so there you go that's that's the plot is king k rule has stolen your bananas and you've got to get them back and you play as donkey kong and diddy kong so it's a little interesting because you basically control one of them and at any given time during the level assuming you haven't taken damage you can sort of like high five the other one and switch to playing that one. So you can swap between Diddy Kong and Donkey Kong. And if one of them gets hit and takes damage, they they flash and they run off the screen, and now you're controlling 
the other one. So it's essentially you get two hits before you offic- you know officially die. Right. And you won't necessarily have both, though, at the start of a level, depending on if you got hit on right. the level before. And they have their own kind of physics to them. Not necessarily physics, but like Diddy Kong's a bit faster. I think he jumps higher and he can cartwheel um, through enemies. And uh, while Donkey Kong has kind of equivalents, but Donkey Kong is generally slower, but can deal damage to some bigger enemies, whereas Diddy's faster and not as, as impactful in that, in that sense. Yeah, and I think they have smaller hitboxes as well. So mm. it wasn't just me thinking that Diddy jumped higher. It was really hard to tell. And there was a couple areas where, so again, I didn't read the, use the manual here to start with, but I did eventually look at it just to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Cause there, uh, occasionally there's items that are just above your reach <laughs> and there's no, and, and, and usually you're like, okay, there's an enemy I need to jump on to jump a little bit higher, but there's no enemies around. And so I was like, well, is there a way that I can use Donkey Kong to throw Diddy Kong up in the air and pick something up? But I don't think that's the case. I think there must have been some other way to to access those areas. Yeah, sometimes there's like an enemy that will walk by and then not come back and it doesn't respawn. And that was like your one chance to like bounce up and get higher. Yeah. Or sometimes it's just upon you completing like a little hidden area. When you exit mm, it, yeah. you'll get shot down from the sky and then you'll collect that item maybe. Um, but there's a lot of hidden stuff in this game. And if I had to sum it in one little statement it would be to always turn around and go the other way because (laughs) the beginning almost every level at the beginning if you go left and like try and climb up there's a secret and you get whether it's like a one of the letters that you collect because you collect k-o-n-g throughout the level if you get them all you get a you get a one up um or sometimes there's a barrel that'll take you to a secret area or who knows yeah another thing like you said you always turn to the left another thing i always did is you if you find a barrel Hold on to it and look for a wall. Yeah. Mm. And then often you throw the barrel at the wall and it will explode the wall and then you can walk into um, a secret area. And a lot of times if you're really, if you're watching closely, you could look for bananas and sometimes the bananas mm. will lead you yeah. uh, to secret areas. A yeah. lot of times though, the bananas just lead to pain and, suf- and suffering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's talk about a little bit about how this game is structured. So there are, Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I guess we can call them overworlds. Oh, no, sorry, six six overworlds. And then of those, there's six levels inside of those overworlds, right? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like Super Mario Brothers 3, basically. You've got the big overworld, you got individual levels, um, little kind of utility stops, whether it's a save point or or just kind of a lore spot, and then usually a boss, and then that kind of wraps up that area. Yeah. So the very first, I'm going to call it world, is uh, Congo Jungle. And a lot of this is, you know, your basic introduction to the mechanics. They've got some jumping to do, some cartwheeling into enemies to do. And uh, I think the level we're on right now is Coral Capers. And this is one where you're swimming around. And I think often you see the swimming levels and you're like, oh, no, not a swimming level. But I... You know, I, I really enjoyed the swimming levels. I don't know what it was about it, but I just really, really kind of clicked with me and I enjoyed it. I don't know. Do you guys have a feeling on the swimming levels we did here? I, I love the swimming levels and I was going to try and interrupt and say it was the music that made it 
what oh, it was. Yeah, because that's so calming. The music's so uh-huh. good, and you die, and you're like, ah, oh, oh, but the music, it's okay, it's yeah. all right. I really feel like Echo prepared us well for those levels. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. When we were just getting done with uh, Carl Caper, Capers, that uh, we and we just showed uh, in the video here uh, one of the pets you can pick up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pet name is Engarde, the, or maybe it's Ingard, yeah, Ingard the Storefish, mm-hmm. or Ongard the Swordfish. And each of these different animals, Donkey or Diddy can ride, and they provide a, a benefit. I'm going to put benefit in quotes because I feel like some of them aren't great. Uh, <laughs> but, but the Swordfish was fantastic because you can kind of think of it like the frog suit in Mario, where it just makes your swimming controls faster and uh, it makes it a little bit easier to swim around, and more importantly, because it's got a big, long sword nose, you can run into enemies, like charge the enemies and and kill them, and I found that very useful as well. Yeah, plus they all they always act as like an extra hit, so if you get hit on it, you, oh, yeah. you lose the, the little pet that you're riding. We, we don't but then, qu- yeah. Not quite. They, they, right, they, you can get it back. You can, yeah, yeah, they run off, and if you jump on them again, they will... Um, you can you can it's sort of like the yoshi of uh super mario yeah totally and so we are just at the end of the first world here it's uh, a boss fight called naughty and that's with a a g so Hmm. like natty but naughty naughty. so it's called very naughty's lair and it was uh i guess it was a beaver would you guys say yeah it's a little beaver yeah, not because he gnaws on wood. That one's a pretty easy boss fight, and you just kind of jump on his head. And once you get the pattern down, it reminded me a lot of the Super Mario Brothers three bosses, where it's just like, all right, you stomp on their head; they're invulnerable for a little bit of time. But if you time it right, you can basically stomp on their head immediately again, and you can just kind of put them in this vicious cycle of 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 not really being able to do much. So, pretty easy boss, right? Nothing, nothing too crazy there. After that, you go on to the next world which is monkey mines we're check, taking a look at the first level called winky's walkway and as you can see i've got a little frog that's jumping around here now did you guys see or you know find these frogs and i wanted to see what you guys thought about using them so the frog for me was i i think i only used it in this level i i really don't even think i found it in any other level but it's the frog is great for getting up in those high places and finding barrels that are really just off screen that's whenever you are looking yeah. for those banana, those like single bananas that you think, you know, if I jump and get that, I'm probably going to die, but there might be a <laughs> yeah. secret over there. So I'm going to mm-hmm. jump anyway. Might be. Yeah. For me, I had a little bit of difficulties because when you're moving forward, he's actually doing a, a, a short little hop over. Yeah. So it was a little hard to judge the, the, the mobility of it. So you wouldn't fall on a chasm. Now, speaking of falling in the chasm, we're in the minecart carnage. This is the first level that I was like, all right, time to buckle down because this game's <laughs> getting serious. This game, th- this area uh, here took me quite a while. The idea is you're in a minecart and there's lots of uh, these, I guess, gaps and you have to jump over the gaps over and over and over. A lot of times they're slanted, so it, it, it's not as easy as just like, moving on a horizontal line, you really have to time your jumps to make sure that you're landing the apex or the, I guess, the valley of of the the little girders there. And I just found it really difficult to get the timing down. And this one probably took me about 50 tries. I don't know. Did you guys find an easier time? 
Well, I played through the game before, so it wasn't too bad. I guess I had, I've probably already been, already been through all of that pain, so. Okay. Yeah, this one in particular was a bit difficult because of those minecarts that do lay in the middle of the track. Yeah. Because there's some that are right at the uh, very end of a, of a run, right at the beginning of one, and there's one that every single time I went at it, I hit it. Every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. every time and so you just ha need, need to make sure you have diddy in the the uh minecart with you right to let him soak that damage yeah I'll just, I'll just throw the little one out and just have donkey kong yep that one right there that oh, one's yeah, right that, there yeah that one's pretty okay. bad <laughs> that one so you have to jump over so there's a gap you have to jump over the gap but then also jump over the minecart on the other side so that's a little tricky and I felt like I want to make a statement here and see what you guys think about this, because this level, I think, cemented that Donkey Kong Country was very much a game about memorization as opposed to being reactive, because I do did feel that in a lot of the levels, it was like you just had to memorize what was in front of you and what was coming at you. And unless you have like superhero lightning reflexes, it was very hard to actually respond to these immediate threats immediate threats because you had like maybe half a second to a second to actually dodge uh what do you got do what do you guys think about that, that statement uh i so i don't i didn't feel like i needed to memorize everything i need i did need to remember like maybe one or two parts in each level where i was like okay hold back and wait for thing to happen before i do thing but having watched like speedruns of it and stuff the, it is built very meticulously yeah. to very much reward going oh, and yeah. never stopping and it's wonderful it's beautiful to watch no, i i totally agree and that's that's why i i made that assertion because mm. i found that if you hold to the right yeah and you know when to jump often the platforms will arrive exactly where you need them to and yeah. the enemies will be exactly where you need them to and i think that was brilliant once i learned that yeah. i was like all right this is actually very very fun yeah so, uh, Alamaxi, I wanted to loop with you on that. How, how did you feel? Did you feel like memorization is a key part of this game, or re were you able to sort of react to what was being thrown at you? Uh, for the most part, uh, reacting served me well, but there are some levels. There's uh, one that I remember distinctly. It was a swimming level in stage five that yeah. uh, towards the end, there's just a whole bunch of fish that are swimming at you <laughs> yeah. very fast. And that is one of those instances where... I did not have time to react and think. I'm just really thankful that I had both Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong there, and yeah. I got lucky. My strategy was using On Guard, the, the fish there, but I have that in the video. We'll get there a little hmm. bit later. So we're on the next level, the Stop and Go Station, and I really like this one because if you think of like Super Mario 3, for the most part, a lot of their levels are just kind of like, you know, you're doing the same thing, and that's fine. It's a lot of fun. But this was, you know, with the minecart challenge before this and now this new level, I felt that this game plays around with mechanics quite a bit. So the way that this level works is that you have enemies, and I think the enemies are invulnerable. You, I don't yeah, think you think can so. you're damage them. Mm -hmm. And you have these barrels called stop and go. And if you hit a, if you hit a barrel it will say go, and then if you touch it, it'll say stop. So it's like the red light, green light type thing, right? And when everything is stopped, they crumble, the enemies all crumble into a little pile, and then you can safely get through them. And so a lot of what you're doing on this level, like to Lobos's point earlier, is you want to basically, each little section, you want to complete before the barrel reverts to, to the go, the green light. 
And so you're you're really just going, uh, you know, playing red light, green light. And I like I love that concept. It was like this is really cool. Yeah, I think it. This is a really good example of that. Like a lot of times, you would arrive at the next go barrel, and it would the, the previous one would just be wearing out if you yeah. held right, you know. So it's very well yeah. timed in that sense. And I I love the little just gimmicks that they do throw in the levels. Like, cause we had this one and in a previous level that we had, there was just a ton of barrels that we had to shoot ourselves from barrel to barrel and the timing can get quite tight with some of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think when I first started playing this game, I was a little worried about the lives because I was playing this. <laughs> well, so let me, let me talk about how the, the overworld works with the lives and, and everything. So you have a certain amount of lives to, to, I guess, spend on a level. When you run out of lives, you basically revert to the beginning of the game or the last part that you saved. And and those saves only happen like once every four or five levels. And so that became kind of stressful when, when I got to a situation where like, I've got one life left here. And I know if I lose my life, I'm going to have to replay like four or five levels. Hmm. But the way I, I kind of handled that, and, and then I be, had a lot more fun, is I use save states just at the beginning of the level and at the, the checkpoint of the level. Ah. And and once I, once I got away from that that sense of, of lives, I really enjoyed it. Because that, that's basically, you can farm up infinite lives, right? That's not mm. a challenging thing. And I think, Alamaxi, you were telling some strategies about, you know, at the once you complete world one or level one, you can farm level one over and over and over for infinite lives, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. As long as you have access to, um, to Funky Kong, then you can fly back to world one and jump up into Donkey Kong's house, grab the, uh, grab the balloon that's in there for a one up. And then you hit a uh, start select and you're back at your uh, level select menu with that one up. And you just keep going in there over and over and over and, uh, get lives to your heart's content. So the way I justify this to myself is like, all right, well, let's pretend that I got all those one-ups but didn't actually spend the time. <laughs> there, so. let, me, let, let me take this uh, a step further because I uh, have the same thing. But I did some Googling, and there is an infinite lives trick on the level that we just finished here. Um, oh, that was the millstone. Uh, yes. The mills- hold on. It was millstone mayhem. Yeah, the millstone mayhem. So yeah, I just saw it, found it on YouTube, but... At the very beginning, there's like one of these big enemies and you can have one singled out uh, kind of walk all the way to the left. And as he turns around to walk back right because he hits the the front of the level, if you drop down with Diddy and like hold left and jump, like for whatever reason, he infinitely bounces on top. <laughs> and it basically oh, nice. does a, a Mario thing where you just rack up lives and it just goes. Okay. So I just did that until I got 99. And then so you didn't need save states. You got the 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 lives legitimately. Yeah. Well, I, it's, nice. a, it's much. It would be a much faster <laughs> way than doing the one yeah. at a time thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we did just complete the uh, second world, which is Monkey Mines, and the boss fight was Neki's nuts. And this was a, another pretty simple boss because it's a. Uh, I guess would you call it a parrot? It's a vulture. A vulture. And it's a very, very large vulture. And what it does is it comes off from either the left side or the right side of the screen and spits a nut at you. And you have to dodge that nut. 
And in the center of the screen, there's a tire and you can jump on this tire to, it's like, it acts as like a trampoline, right? And you can jump on that tire to get high and then land on the vulture's nose. And you have to do that a couple times and then you have completed the boss fight. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll say that pretty much every boss takes this pattern of like, you hit it once and enemy does like at the beginning enemy does one attack or whatever and once you hit it once then it does two attacks and you, you then you can hit it and then yep. it does three attacks and etc and i think the magic number in this game is four in most cases i think the one of or them does it, a five yeah, i think the five. oil drum does a five yeah. But yeah yeah and i think the last boss is three on everything but yeah four on the other stuff seems to be the magic number yeah and none of the bosses are particularly difficult. I mean, nah, as a platformer, they you can definitely tell that they put all the time into level development and mm-hmm. not boss. Yeah. yeah. So after that, you move on to the third world, which is called Vine Valley. And we are now in tree, Treetop Town, which actually reminds me a lot of Star Wars the Ewok Village yeah. in Star Wars, right? Because <laughs> it's you know, I guess any treetop town immediately evokes the Ewoks, but it really is one of those where there are large trees, and then there's the uh, the sort of the the wooden walkways circling them. And also, I do want to notice because I've noticed in a couple levels is the parallaxing on the the levels is really great. Oh, like yeah. there's like three or four levels of parallaxing to give you that depth. Uh, and in this one in particular, I think it makes that tree or th- it makes it look like a, a forest, you know, and you see lots of trees and they're moving on different layers. And I thought that was awesome. This is really a game that made the Super Nintendo look way better than it had any right to look. I mean, <laughs> this game for, for Super Nintendo, this game looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really does. I think the overworlds could have been a little bit cleaner. I think I think. In general, they look a little muddy, but I think the levels themselves actually look really great. You know, thinking about it, is for the art, for like the characters, are these like images of clay figures maybe? Or are they actually... I thought I read that this was like the first... I I don't want to mislabel it, but I thought I read something where they said this was like the first truly rendered game. Interesting. What they mean by that, I'm not sure. I mean, I think the Donkey Kong was a 3D render and maybe they then rendered out those uh-huh. to sprites or something. Right, right. But yeah, I, I think that was, this was like, you know, this this is a big deal for Super Nintendo. I think it was like the third highest selling game, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this game was absolutely huge for the Super Nintendo system. And so I think they, they kind of, they, they spent a lot of time, 18 months actually developing this. So that I think that was a considerable length for Super Nintendo Back game. in the day, yeah. Now we're on this level. I really love this level. This is the uh, Forest Frenzy. And one of the things I like so much about this is you hang on to these vines and they're moving to the right of the screen. And then there's these vultures that are coming at you from the right to the left. And, you know, they're trying to hit you while you're on the vine and you have to move up and you have to move down. You have to move up. And again, a lot of that was because it takes a while to actually climb up or down a lot of this was for me at least memorization of being like all right i gotta be up down down up up and then you, you see you kind of position yourself to know where the vultures are coming because mm. they come from the same a- angle every time and then after that you move on to the temple tempest and this is another we 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 saw this level uh, or this tile set before 
on the last one, the Milestone Mayhem. But this was, think of it sort of like an Aztec temple look uh, in the jungle. You know, of course, you've got vines you're swinging across. But I absolutely love this level because it's got this millstone that is chasing you. There's a, a little... I guess like uh, a beaver, badger, right? uh, a beaver, beaver yeah. yeah, a beaver that is using the millstone <laughs> as a, like a hamster wheel. Yeah. And once you pass him, he will then start coming after you. And I think it's pretty easy to keep the pace up so you're not in danger of getting smashed by it. But I really love levels in games where you have to just keep moving, just keep going yeah. and improvise and deal with whatever's coming at you. I, I love levels like that. And they have a couple of those in, in Donkey Kong Country. Uh, see, after that, we got Orangu Gang or Orang Orangutan Gang. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything too special about this level. So we can use this to talk a little bit about some of the enemies that we're fighting. There's, uh, you know, so there's crocodiles. And they, as they walk, they kind of like chomp, almost like a, you think of one of those, those toys that you wind up and then you let it go across the ground and like the mouth is chomping. Mm-hmm. Like little chattering teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I think they make like a clonk, 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 clonk yeah. as they're moving across the ground. And those are enemies you can't cartwheel to damage because, you know, they've got big teeth. You have to jump on them. There are some enemies you can cartwheel to damage, like the we saw these little lizard guys that jump around. You can damage them. There's also these bees, which are armored, I guess, because they have spikes on them. <laughs> yeah. And then they have this huge stinger. Like, I don't want to go anywhere near the Amazon <laughs> if, if, if bees have stingers like that. Uh, and a lot of times those are just they move in a certain pattern. So they'll go like left or right or circling a particular thing. And so you very often have to time. So you jump on a thing uh, and don't get hit by the bee. And then you have some of these Donkey Kong impersonators. Like <laughs> I-, I was legitimately upset because there's these Donkey Kong guys. I guess they're just gorillas or orangutans. Those are manky Kong. Throw- they-, they have the audacity to throw barrels at Donkey Kong, like, <laughs> roll them on the ground. I'm like, don't you know who I am? Right. <laughs> can't use my attack on me uh and those those often come near the end of the stage when i'm already like white knuckling my controller i'm like all right i gotta just i just gotta hit the exit here and then all of a sudden these barrels are coming at me i'm like no i need to just bring up one little one little peeve i had about this when i was whenever i'd make a mistake on some of these platforming levels that at least when i notice is when if you're making a jump or something like that and you hit like a bee or something something grazes you and you take damage and you have donkey or you have both donkey and diddy you'll like flicker for a second and pause in midair and it'll swap to uh whichever monkey was not active and then i and maybe it's only on specific levels but that monkey the new monkey you're controlling would automatically jump i don't know if you guys noticed that no it was it was yeah Mm -hmm. Keep going, but I yeah. have some thoughts. On okay, this okay, well. yeah. And so many times I was not remembering that, and then I would maneuver in such a way as if I was just going to fall straight down, and then it wouldn't work out that way, and I'd die. <laughs> like usually on the like mine, not minecart levels, but just any sort of like auto scroller thing, and that just <laughs> that got me killed probably more than anything. Yeah. So I I, I want to use the Super Mario games as sort of an, an analogy because. When you get hit in a Super Mario game, everything kind of pauses and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, let me get my bearings and figure out what's going on, right? 
later on in the Super Mario games, they started introducing multiplayer and they did the same thing. So anytime one of your partners would get hit, it would pause everything as well. And that's equally as disorienting as <laughs> what's going on here. So what, yeah, what, what you're saying, Lobos, is your, so if you're controlling Donkey Kong and you get hit, he will start flashing and it makes it very hard to figure out, like, who am I actually controlling? At what point does it actually switch over to Diddy Kong? Further compounding the, the confusion is Donkey Kong will run off, but in running off, he'll actually collect bananas. Oh, nice. <laughs> so he's still like an active participant collecting <laughs> stuff. So I'm like, am I collecting the bananas? Or yeah, and, and, and very often, yeah, I would I would just like immediately eat it with the other character. Like if, I, if Donkey Kong was getting hit, Diddy Kong was not far behind in taking damage. Yeah. There are some levels where you'd have a platform that was auto advancing under you and getting hit was a death sentence because that platform would just keep going <laughs> yeah. and and yeah. you would you would lose your momentum from the jump because that was another thing I found annoying is a lot of times I would be in the middle of a jump get hit and well there goes all my forward momentum and I just drop down into the abyss. Yep, yep. No, no sometimes the <laughs> oddly enough the auto jump that was happening on your newly controlled character mm -hmm. would sometimes actually get you up to the platform you needed to be. <laughs> so uh, sometimes that worked out in the favor, but not often. We're on the boss fight of Vine Valley, World 3 Vine Valley, and it's Bumblebee Rumble. This one's a fun one. It's just a huge bumblebee, and on either end of the screen, there are some barrels you can pick up. And you basically just hold the barrel and wait for this B, who's kind of moving in a sine, if you think about like a sine or cosine wave mm -hmm. pattern, kind of up and down, he's moving in a pattern like that, and he just kind of comes down, and when he's on your level, you throw the barrel at him, and it hits him, and you do that a couple times, so nothing too crazy there. After that, we're on to World 4, which is Gorilla Glacier. So... I think this is another one of these where there's not a whole lot going on. So let's use this opportunity to talk a little bit about how you actually get uh, your... So if you're playing as one of the Kongs, how do you actually get your buddy Kong? And we see that periodically through the level, there's these um, barrels that have a big D on them. And you hear some kind of like rumbling in there. You know, you hear like, like, like it sounds like there's a monkey in there, right? Oh yeah. And they each have their own voice too. Yeah. So it's a, it's a DK barrel. And if it's, if it's a don, if you have, if you're playing as Diddy, you'll hear kind of a lower when you get close and that's donkey. And then you hear the annoying screeching of Diddy. If you get there as donkey, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> I, I kind of view, uh, I don't know. I don't know if people like Diddy. Maybe he's like the toad of <laughs> Donkey Kong lore, wherever he's like, just he's there, and no one really likes him. And so I, I don't know if 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 Diddy is particularly enjoyed. I think he ended up growing on the audience, especially yeah. after I mean N sixty four. They made a whole racing game for him. Oh yeah, oh, they right. did. Diddy yeah. Kong Racing is really good. Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. Uh, so I would typically use. So I started off using Diddy all the time because i just liked his speed better until i got to levels where it was really easy to take damage or i needed that maneuverability for later in the level then i would play as donkey so that when i did get hit i got left with diddy 
Because if it was the yeah. other way and I got left with donkey, I'm like, well, crap, I'm going to be slow and ah, <laughs> oh, what a waste. Um, so it was kind of interesting that I swapped my I like I like Donkey Kong, I especially <laughs> because later on there's these large, mm -hmm. I want to get their names here, but there's these large like army rhino oh, yeah. guys. And if you, if you stomp on them. They're called clumps with clumps, a K. Clumps. Clumps. <laughs> if you stomp on with Donkey Kong, you can take them out. Yeah. But if you hit them with Diddy Kong, they just gotta smack you away, and they put their hands on their hips and they just laugh at you. <laughs> like, wow, rude. So we're on the uh, let's see here we're on Slipside Ride, I think. But one of the things I wanted to talk about was some of the secret areas because there's a bunch of different mini games, and uh, you know, often the mini games involve hitting letters so in this particular one there's a circular there's probably let's say seven or eight letters and they're all arranged in a circular pattern and they're spinning around and one of them's flashing and you have to jump and hit that one and then once you hit that another one flashes and you have to hit it and you have to hit all of them and at the end you hit you get an extra life mm -hmm. there was another one we just did which was there are four barrels and they are all cycling through the letters K-O-N-G and then a banana. And so you basically have to spell Kong. And if you do that without messing up, you get an extra life. One of my favorite things, and we're going to see this, is Diddy Kong's reaction to failing one of these video mm -hmm. games. Did you guys, or one of these mini games, did you guys see that? at all mm -hmm. when you're on your playthrough I do. yeah he gets mad at he takes his hat off right and he, gets... he takes his hat off and he like stomps <laughs> yeah, on it yeah. and i was like oh it's I, I every time i did that i just laugh because it's like it's just like a little donkey throwing a temper tantrum so i left that in the video a little bit later on down the, the show here nice uh, also there's um there are a couple of other secret stages or bonus stages where uh, periodically you can find these large coins that are shaped like your your little companions, uh, the animals that you can ride. And if you collect three of them, then you get uh, taken to these bonus stages that are unique to that particular animal. And you ride around and you try and collect as many bananas as you can. And for every 100 bananas you get, I think you, you get an extra life. And you yeah. have something like 90 seconds to do it all. So it's not necessarily... Uh, like I guess there's a challenge if you want to try and get as many as you can, but it's it's not something that you can really fail. Now, did did you guys find any of the hidden areas within those? Oh no! Oh yes, I did actually. I did. So each one of the animal companions has a hidden area, and it's usually um somewhere that's going to be off to the upper right. Uh, like you kind of have to out of bounds yourself over the level, but you'll find an area where you have bananas. It'll spell out uh, X two, like times two. And whenever you collect those bananas, it will multiply your banana inventory by two. Oh, so you wow. could you could collect 250, 300 bananas from the level, make your way there, and in the very last seconds, grab that and multiply yourself up to like 700s and get a whole Ooh. bunch of lives. Nice. Oh. Now, is that is that the same? Because the one that I found had a giant banana, a giant gold banana, and I... I thought that that one just added a ton of bananas to to my I, uh, my it might, inventory. It might be different for each one. Was that the frog uh, one? No, I think it was uh, the bird in guard. This one, okay. the uh, the dolphin or the swordfish, rather. Okay, because I I remember the the rhino and the bird specifically had uh, a times two that I ah, that I collected. Okay. 
That's cool. I didn't. Yeah. I I only found yeah. that one, and it was kind of an accident. And I guess I didn't, I didn't really think to to look in other ones for that. But that's cool. That's awesome. I didn't I didn't find any of that. One thing I did notice, you know, when you leave these bonus areas, generally they put you a little bit ahead of the level, hmm. so you can kind of bypass something. I will say though. On that minecart level that we talked about way back in World 2 that I have a lot of difficulties in, I found one of the bonus stages, and so I completed it, and it sent me back to the very beginning. <laughs> of the I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so kind of getting back on track here, we just are completing this level called Croctopus Chase. It's another mm -hmm. underwater level. And this one was cool because it has these, uh, they're like little squids. And as you pass them, they turn into, it almost looks like a saw blade and it just goes through the world and you have to, you know, go faster than it. And eventually it will, will find a little nook and, and get stuck there. But you have to, you have to make sure to, to, to go faster than it. Otherwise it will, you know, hit you and, and, and kill you. Those were exhilarating. I was like, oh, gotta go, gotta swim fast. Gotta go, 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 go. <laughs> and then after that, you go on to another cool level which was, it, I think this is the only level that really plays with lighting. It's a Torchlight Trouble. And at the very beginning of this level, you get a parrot. Uh, I think the parrot actually has a name. Let's see if it's on here. Uh, is this Squawks the Parrot? Yeah. Yep. Squawks the Parrot. And what he does is he holds a lamp for you. And uh, otherwise, the the... the area is very, very dark. Now, it's not completely dark. You can still sort of see... Uh, some of the ledges, so you, you wouldn't need a light to complete this, but it definitely makes it a little bit easier to see because there's a bunch of moving platforms on that level and saw blades and stuff. But yeah, again, if you if you knew how to speed around that level, it would be very satisfying to just be like, all right, run to the right, jump, run, hmm. jump, and then complete it without having any sort of light. Yeah. There is one other level that that plays with light, and uh, oh. it's like the stop and go one. Remember, and then you can turn the lights on and off. Um, it, there, instead of stop and go barrels, there's on and off barrels, and the lights will turn off, and then you have to hit the barrels uh -huh. to turn the lights on, and you just kind of continue through the level that way. Okay, I think that might ah, we'll, we'll we'll find out. It might be blackout basement coming up mm. here, but that is the only level with squawks apparent. Yeah, they, they didn't have a, too many appearances of him. <laughs> and you cannot ride him. No, you can't. He, <laughs> he will just follow you. He's, he's very, very small. Yeah. You know, yeah. Donkey Kong Donkey Kong looks like he's pushing, I don't know, six, seven hundred pounds. Squawks <laughs> is probably like five. <laughs> so did, did either of you find it difficult on that particular level with Squawks? When you're trying to line yourself up on one of those moving platforms, you're kind of moving your your d-pad left and right and squawks just keeps his light keeps flashing left right left yeah. right left right and it got so disorienting sometimes <laughs> so i didn't have a problem with that often i did have a lot of problems with so you can jump but then you can also do a long jump if you hold down the run, run button but the run button will also cause you to do a cartwheel oh, yeah and so often i'd be at the narrow you know at this the edge of a ledge i'm like all right hold down the run button and cartwheel off the ledge <laughs> Yes, although there is a mechanic um, that I think is intended to be used in some places where you can roll like probably an entire your entire monkey's height off of a ledge and then you can still perform a jump and jump in midair. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. That, okay. So often I would see little, um, so like the little letters, you know, like a yep, K. Yep. 
at the bottom, like uh, at the bottom of a chasm, I was like, "Are they expecting you to to sacrifice to a life to pick up one of these?" Yeah, some of those you could. I some of them I couldn't figure out. Like there was something else to do, but any of the ones that are just kind of just at the same, almost at the same level as the terrain, but a little bit lower, yeah, you can just cartwheel off and then do a jump after you grab it. Oh man, I wish I would have known. I probably wouldn't have gone from anyway because it sounds a little risky <laughs> but yeah that's cool now speaking of abilities you could use did either of you use donkey kong's uh ground slap ability i nah. i did because i well so i remembered that it existed i think you can slap like barrels out of the ground if you didn't jump on them is that right i yeah so i it was pretty much used i think where if you didn't have the height to jump down on those soft spots on the ground then I think uh, Donkey Kong could just slap the ground to to get something out. But I almost wanted to say that there were other areas in the game where if you slap the ground, you could maybe get just like a bunch of bananas pop out. Uh, it's, it's, it, it's not something particularly yeah, highlighted, great. but this is a game where if you went around just slapping all the grounds, you could probably <laughs> find you could probably find a lot more hidden stuff than you think. I want to say that there might have been an enemy or two that also gets like stunned or knocked down whenever you did it, but. I didn't do any of this playthrough. It's just something I, I remember from... So I wonder if those... Because sometimes there's there's those vultures that throw nuts down, and I wonder if if you can stun them... Oh, interesting. ...by using the slide. I, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, a little bit ago, we we just completed World 4, and we fought really naughty Rampage, and that was essentially the same fight as the first naughty we did. He's He's bigger. I don't remember if he really does much. I think he's just pretty much stomp on his head and... I think there he's faster, but that's a little bit faster. That's about it. After that, you move on to world number five, Creme Croc Industries Inc. And we just completed Oil Drum Alley, and now we're on Trick Trock Trek. I love this level because it's a it's a little platform, and it's got a predetermined path which you can see. And wait, no, this isn't the one I'm thinking of, is it? This is this one of the oil drums. No, it's no. not the fuel one. Oh. Oh, it's not that one. Okay, well, we'll talk <laughs> about a precursor. that. Precursor, but yeah, this is the intro one, yeah. to, the, to the mechanic. Ooh, yeah. So this one is just a, a platform, and it moves along, and you have to uh, make sure to stay on it. And meanwhile, there's some of those bees that you have to jump over to stay on the platform. Sometimes there's these little beavers that jump on the platform from above, so you have to dodge them. Really, nothing too crazy here. There's this one scene where there's one of those. What did you call them? The croc or crumbs? Uh, cl- clumps? Clumps? Clump. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's in this video, but one of the clumps will just stay at the top and he looks like he wants to come down, but he actually never will. And I wasn't sure. Oh, interesting. If that was a bug or what? I, I want to see if this is on the video, if I kept it on here or not. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's this one right here. He might be one that you're intended to try to get, get up on top and jump off to reach oh, a special yeah, area. Oh, yeah. It could be. Yeah. But this is one of those that it's it's kind of a long level and there's a lot of uh, mastery to it. And then at the very end, there's a, one of those gorillas, orangutans, shooting barrels at you. And, and that one, I think, clocked me once or twice. They they really love run. putting one last thing after you've done the big gauntlet. You're like, yes. all right, I'm done. And then it's just like a beaver or the dude throwing barrels. And you're like, ah, what? Often there's... Oh, here's there. the part where, yeah, I failed the mini game and Diddy's like, ah, I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, often you get to uh, near the end of the level, I'd say like once you've completed 90 to 95% of the level, you'll find a little arrow. It's like pointing you to the right generally. And it's like, hey, you're almost there. And then that's where they throw like the one more thing. Yeah. Once you complete that, then it's like, all right, cool. Then now you have an exit sign that you know that you've actually hit the end. 
So let's see what we're on now. Is this... A lot of rope climbing. I think we are still on Trick Track Trek. One thing I want to point out with the level design in this game that I I noticed right around this point in Crime Croc Industries is how each level introduces mechanics and how they expand on those mechanics as you oh, grow, go through absolutely it. Absolutely brilliant how they, they add on to those. Because they'll start out with this new new obstacle you've not seen before, like like what we saw before, there were some enemies above us on platforms, and as our cart rolled under them, they came jumped down on us. We've, we haven't seen that before this. They started out with an enemy we could easily kill, then two enemies, then maybe three enemies, and then we go through an another little transition part, and okay, now we have bigger enemies that are falling down mm -hmm. on us. So they, mm -hmm. they start you out with one, then two, then a, then a, co a complexity of them. And then they kind of reset that complexity thing and introduce another new mechanic, but maybe build on what you just did a little bit. And I feel like they did such a great job because every level had some kind of new little thing that, that they did. Yeah, I think the level we just completed, Elevator Antics, was a great example of that. Because they had those elevators that go up and down. Think about like the Underworlds in Super Mario 1, where they have you know things you have to jump. It's, it's lowering and you have to jump on that mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. catch one that's rising. Um, but these are minecarts that are raising up and down. And so the first time you do it, you just jump across, no big deal. And the second time, it's like, all right, and now there's a B in between them. Yeah. So you have to time the lowering of one elevator, the rising of another one with the B sitting there. And then there's like multiple ones you have to jump on. So yeah, they, they really do a good job of introducing the mechanic and then making the player master the mechanic. After that, we're on... We're on Poison Pond. And I think if I'm, if I'm looking at the levels right, I think that every single world has one underwater level hmm. and so this one is a it's like the the water is all green you know with the name poison pond i was expecting there to be some sort of poison mechanic or <laughs> or timing thing but nope it's just green water that looks disgusting the big thing here is that there's these saw blades that will move up and down in predetermined patterns and so a lot of it was just learning you know, when to go, which makes it a lot easier when I have the on guard fish here because he makes it easier to swim quicker. And I think Alamaxia, this is the part that you were talking about. That is the exact part. Just, I died. Just a ton I, of fish coming at you. That that was such a difficult part for me because like you said earlier, that was the memorization thing. I had to, I had to remember, okay, fish up top, fish in middle, fish up top, fish on bottom. Where's my safe <laughs> spots? Well, and they also, they also will respawn because when I tried to do that without on guard, the fish, which will stab them all. Uh, I tried to like go to the right a little bit to spawn the ones and then go to the left to sort of like deal with it. And then I found that they would like, respawn. So you have mm. to just keep moving forward here. Not only fortunate that the Kongs can breathe underwater, but they're also immune to poison. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you got to think though that all these years dealing with Mario has really probably built up your your immunity and that's hardened true. your 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 skin. That's true. After that, you go on to Minecart Madness, and after this is the the uh, second Minecart level. And after my experience in the second world, I was like, okay, I'm better, you know, pull up a drink on this one because yeah. this one will take a while. But I think by the time I was on this one, I kind of just figured out the mechanics. You know, you you get a feel for how Donkey Kong moves and how the timings of enemies work. And I actually felt that this one was was fairly easy compared to the first Minecart level. I love this level. I loved it because of how 
you were able to really explore the different ways you could bounce off enemies to progress yourself. And there were yeah. even some areas where, in the previous minecart level, when you jumped, you your minecart jumped with you. In this one, right. you're jumping out of the minecart. So there are parts in this level where if you jumped out of the minecart and let yourself fall, there were secrets down there. And mm -hmm. you, could, you could sometimes fall into another minecart. At the very end of that level, I did this a couple times, if you miss the high jump to actually get to the end of the level, and you take like a lower jump, you'll actually go into a little secret area, and, and that was that was cool. Um, but a lot of times, those don't really give any indication. It's sort of like a blind jump, right? So you don't know that it's there until you accidentally do it. Yeah, it's the kind of thing where you're like, ah, man, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next level after that is Blackout Basement. I think this is one Lobos you were saying that also deals with lighting. And this one, it turns on and off the lights on its own, right? So mm -hmm. you don't have you don't have the ability to turn on the light or manipulate it like you did with the squawky one, but you can time out your jumps. And this is another level I really, really loved because often you would see like a sequence of platforms and you knew that the light wasn't going to stay on for the whole time. Yeah. So you're like, all right, I'm going to time my jump for this one. I can see my jump for this one. And by the time I make that second jump, the light will turn on and I can figure out what I need to do on the third jump. And then right after that third jump, you have some crocodiles that are gonna come in and nom your ankles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. This one, uh, again, benefits from memorization and uh, definitely something you, you could just... You know, if you knew the pattern, you could just jump at all the right spots. I, again, you can kind of make out the area. So I suspect, you know, if you wanted to cheat, you could probably turn up the gamma of your TV <laughs> yeah. quite a bit higher here and old not have to worry strats, about the lighting. Yeah, yeah old school. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that, we've got the fifth boss, Boss Dumb Drum. This is a very unique boss because you're not actually jumping on a boss you're jumping on what is spawning or what the boss is spawning which is just normal enemies and so when you first when it first spawns or when it first comes in and fights it shakes out like two little i don't know just basic enemies mm -hmm. and actually no it tries to like stomp on your head and then it will shake out an enemy and then you kill those enemies and then and then it go, repeats a sequence and it increases the difficulty of those enemies each time and so by the very last time, it's spawning two of those clumps, those those uh, rhinos with uh, the helmets. Actually, no, the last thing is these armadillos, which move around very, very quickly. They're, they were so hard to hit. Mm. And you have to hit them twice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. you do, because they roll up into a ball and they just charge at you, Sonic style almost. <laughs> and you, you knock them once to get them out of the ball, and then they're kind of stunned, and then you have to then stomp on them again to actually kill them. Oh, here's that level. Yes, tanked up trouble. So after, yeah, after you complete that world, you move on to the chimp caverns. Level one here is tanked up trouble. I absolutely love it. It's the it's the platform that moves on a predetermined path, but this time you have to collect oil drums, and there's an indicator on the actual elevator. It goes from green to red. It mm -hmm. actually slows down when you, when you go to red. And um, <laughs> basically what you do is you have to collect all these oil drums to keep it fueled. And if you don't keep it fueled, it will fall off the platform and you cannot progress because you need the platform to continue onto the level. But as far as I could tell, you can't skip any of the oil drums. I think it's positioned such that you have to collect every single one. 
you could skip one here or there. Um, what I typically would do is wait till the last second to collect a, a fuel tank. Yeah. Because sometimes one would fill it all the way to full. So if it was at four, it would fill it to full. But if it was at one, you know, light left, then it would still fill it to full. So you could make them last a bit longer that way. But for the most part, you just want to collect all of them. Yeah, because when it hits full, it it doesn't. It's like a hard cap. It doesn't say, "Okay, yeah. you're full," but plus whatever. It's like, nope, you wasted the majority of your oil on that one. Mm. So yeah, that's a good strategy to save those oils for the very last minute. And then after that, you go on to Maniac Mincers. So this is a level that's set in a cave with just a bunch of these saws that go up and down. Again, I, I like levels that that have this timing element. Uh, I don't know why. Just I'm a big fan of that. You can really plan out your your attack, and sometimes the the bounces you can get, you're like, oh, that was so close. I I, <laughs> I feel I feel the same way. I love levels like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I just picked up uh, I picked up a rhino and uh, immediately jumped up into him. I jumped him into one of the saw blades, <laughs> and his eyes just kind of bug out there, and he runs off. And I was like, well, you served your purpose, yeah, exactly. rhino. You for took some... a point of damage <laughs> yeah. for me, so. Yeah, I guess in my opinion, the, the pets weren't all that useful. And usually I just used them to kind of just like damage boost take my way through you. the area. Yeah, take a hit. Oh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the mini games. Sometimes they gave you the opportunity to, you know, they were games of skill and you could get, you know, bonus lives, bonus ban- bananas or whatever. But sometimes you would end up dying and it would just be like, all right, well, you didn't actually lose a life. You just can't progress on the mini game. There was another level that w- that was like that, where there's a a bunch of, or another mini game that's like that, where there's a bunch of uh, crocodiles, and oh, yeah, the crocodiles yeah. they don't appear to die. Maybe they do if you hit them enough, but you every time you stomp on their head, they'll spawn another cluster of bananas. And the idea is you just have to count keep bouncing on their heads to spawn lots of clusters of bananas. Did you guys ever figure out how to do that? I couldn't I, ever yeah, I finished, more than like I, three times. I finished one, uh, the one with near, nearer the end that had more of them basically just made it so you could just bounce like the entire time, bounce off one, oh. then the second, then the third, then the first is back up again. You can bounce off it. If you bounce enough times, I think they gave you a, a balloon at the end and you would, okay. you would finish so, the mini game. So the balloon is like a, an extra life, hmm. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. And you didn't have to actually do a continuous bounce on those. You could land, no, line yeah. yourself up, and, and hit them again. Yeah. The next level we're on is Loopy Lights. So this is the uh, next level. Actually, there, I guess there is another level. This is the uses, one I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This, so this uses lights, and this is one where you, instead of the stop and go barrels, they are on and off barrels. And uh, so you you know you go ahead and hit the uh, barrel to turn it on to turn on the lights. The tricky thing in here is they introduce a new crocodile. At least yeah. I think this is the first time they introduce it. Mm-hmm. And every time you jump, the crocodile jumps also. <laughs> and so often you're like, I'm going to jump on this crocodile. And the crocodile is like, I'm going to jump up and eat your ankles. Yeah. And so a lot of times I, I would end up dying. Yeah. <laughs> to, it works really counter to the whole, like hold right and jump, because if you do that, you'll just jump right into them. So if you're going to try and jump over or on top of one, you're best off stopping, just jumping straight up, and then in midair, as yeah. you're about to, as you're descending, then hold right and then land on them as they get close to you. Exactly. So, like as they're declining on their jump, you're basically declining on top of their head. Yeah, because I think they they either fall f- 
uh, faster than you, or they just don't I think jump they fall as high. A faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah, one of the two yeah. there. Uh, but yeah, so this is another uh, area where, or this is another level where I, I ran into a situation where I kind of ran out of time, and I had to complete some of the level in the dark. And again, you can kind of see where you need to jump, you know. And so I, and also the enemies have eyes, like white eyes, so you can clearly see the enemy where they're where they are even without the lights on and i i i really appreciated that because (laughs) yeah in this last area here where you have tons of these bees moving back and forth this was again uh uh, holding my controller super tight i was like ah i don't want to mess this up because this is kind of deep into the level here yeah so i i loved loopy lights here and then uh the last of the levels the actual platforming levels we have is platform perils and so this is, I think, just kind of another run-of-the-mill level. The tricky thing here is there's a bunch of uh, these panels you jump on, and as you jump on them, they move in the direction that they're pointing. So some of them point down, and so they'll fall down, and some of them might like, point to the right. And you have to jump on them and then stay on them until you get to the next platform that allows you to move, you know, jump on that one to continue the level i think the tricky thing on this level though is it's not always to the right sometimes yeah. you have to go to the left and uh it's not it wasn't immediately obvious that you had to go to the left so i i ran into a couple situations where i was like how do i progress here because there's nothing like this this platform is moving to the right and it's falling but i don't see anything to the right that i can jump on so what do i do in this situation yeah i definitely had uh, the first one or two times through particular sections i would just stand there and then the platform would just like kind of fall and then i would be like oh, oh that's where i was supposed <laughs> oh, yeah. to go okay now i know for next time yeah <laughs> but that level in particular is the one that i had the most trouble with the whole you get hit in midair and your character would yeah. <laughs> jump yeah. right after because there's a platform below you that you're waiting to move and yeah it was just yeah, it was a mess but yeah it was it was fun so we're on the uh, penultimate boss here. This is Neki's Revenge. And the way that this works is it's kind of the same fight we fought earlier with Neki where his head's coming off either left side or the right side and he spits nuts at you. But in this situation, you have to wait for all the nuts to be spat at you before you can jump on his head. Mm. So the first time, and there, there's a tire in the very center that will allow you to propel. So the first time he spits one nut, and you hit him on the nose, and then he comes back and he spits two nuts. And so each time, like by the time you're dodging like three or four nuts, it's a little chaotic because you're trying to time, you know, the descent of your jump to be able to actually land on Neki's head before he comes, he goes off screen. Yeah. So that was a little challenging. <laughs> and then you get to the very end boss fight. So you basically go from one boss fight to the other. And it's, this one's called Gangplank Galleon. Who wants to talk about how this fight works? I like this fight a lot. The music is also a classic track that a lot of people like covered and stuff. And it's, it's a, a favorite of many from this game, but King K rule is uh, you, you find you infiltrate his pirate boat. He's probably a pirate, right? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. This is a pirate. He's boat. a king of the crocodiles. And uh, the fight's pretty easy. There's a, he throws a little crown and you jump over the crown and you can bonk on his head because otherwise if you jump on his head while he's wearing the crown, that's sharp and that hurts. Oh, yeah. And it's it does the whole thing of uh, the pattern where you add one 
iteration of whatever he's doing each time you hit him. So when he'll throw the crown, you jump on him, then he'll charge across the screen. Then he throws the crown, you jump on him, he'll charge across the screen, and then he'll charge again for a second time. After you do that three times, then he bounces away and a sequence of cannonballs will fly uh, fall from the sky and the way you dodge them is you basically they, they always fall in the same lines and you can stand to the side and after it kind of bounces you can move exact like to where that cannonball was that just fell mm-hmm. and then you can dodge the rest of them so you only really need to dodge one cannonball per uh, series of cannonballs. Yeah, the way I usually did that was as the one in front of me was falling, I was jumping over that one. So uh-huh. the one that w- falls where my where I would be, I'm not anywhere near. So uh, it took a little bit of strategy to get right. But then uh, you do three rounds of that, and then it rolls the credits, right, Lobos? Yeah, and the game's over, and you win. The end, question mark? and then he immediately gets back up and jumps over you and i think i my reaction was like ah i don't know jump (laughs) and he jumped into me as jumping i was like oh okay Uh, so but then he's got one more sequence there and in this situation he's actually like hopping over you so he does again the same thing where he hops over or he doesn't hop over you you have to run under him as he's hopping right Mm -hmm. so he hops to one side of the, the thing you jump on him when he throws his crown out again and then he hops to one side and then he does that again. And then, you know, like the two, you know, one, two and three sort of thing. Uh, and then after that, you win the game. You actually you, you stomp win. on his head. You win. Yeah. And, and Cranky, you go back and see Cranky and he's like, hey, uh, I, I, I added something to your uh, your your banana board or whatever. He'll yell at you if you missed any secrets, so. Yeah, I was going to say, he'll berate you and say, I would have gotten everything if I was playing <laughs> yeah. me. There's a lot of fourth wall breaking yeah. in this game. <laughs> a, I, lo- I absolutely love that. Yeah, it was good. Very good. And then, um, you know, it just kind of ends with, uh, I, I love these in, in older games, is where they do like the cast of characters. Mm-hmm. The enemies in the credits. too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the enemies, they just kind of scroll across the screen, then they play like a little animation, and then they have... They have the name under them. And so uh, one of my favorite things is near the end of this, Cranky Kong goes across the screen. just like, it's my turn yet. It's yeah. my turn. And then he's like, no, it's my turn. So yeah, a nice little game. I really enjoyed my time with this. I think for me, it took a little bit of while to warm up to. But once I started using save states to pretend I had infinite lives, mm-hmm. I had so much more fun on the game. So, uh, and this, was, this would have been a, a great game to pick up around the... Um, the Super Mario, I think, did this come out before Super Mario Land? I think it did. World or? or oh, sorry. Yeah, World. And I think World was like, was it launch or no? World was uh, launch. Uh, I don't remember, actually. I don't remember the timing of that. I'm, I'm almost positive this was after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was in 1990. Okay, so this is this was like uh, four, what did we say, four years after? Okay. All right, so it had one heck of a legacy to live up to, and I think they did, did a pretty good job on it. Yeah, absolutely fantastic game and this one in particular for me has a ton of memories behind it because uh i distinctly remember this game with my cousins uh playing this uh with them in their basement and we would basically take turns just control our hand off all right you died now it's your turn and we would we would always just try to 100 percent the game as fast as we could because they had it and this was a game that it really did reward going back and playing those levels because at the end, Cranky yells at you, you didn't find all the secrets. Well, just because you beat the game doesn't mean you have to stop playing. At the end of all of this, you can just 
you go, you go back and you can keep playing the levels. You can find all of those secrets. And it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun. And I, so many, so many hours playing this. Do, so what happens when, he, when you collect all the secrets? Does he say anything? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be honest, it's been so long I can't remember and I didn't do it this time. <laughs> well, that's uh, Donkey Kong Country. We want to thank everyone that listened to us on the podcast here. And of course, uh, give a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters for helping uh, you know keep the Saturday morning gaming show operational. Uh, if you want to support us, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Saturday morning gaming show. And you can learn more about some of the rewards we have there. We've been traveling back through time in these video games. What are we going to be playing next? So this is one that I will firmly say that it's on my top 10 of all time Ooh. game list. And I think it's going to be more of a product of the time, but I still love it. And uh, I actually have a speed run hmm. out there that I did for one of Lobos's events. But this one is Quest for Glory 1 on the pc now are we doing the old one yeah or are we doing the slightly less old they're one? they're they're about both old yeah <laughs> uh we we are going to be doing the vga one so there's a um there's an ega i believe it is or is it cga i can't remember and the the colors and, and stuff are not that great there was a a couple years after oh and also that one was one of those that was a text parser uh, a couple years after that mm. game came out they did a point click uh, re-release with better graphics and it was much better so we're going to be playing a uh, slightly updated version of quest for glory one I, I love this game because it kind of introduced me to the concept of like an rpg because it's a point and click adventure game but you still have like character stats and you know like some of the ways you solve puzzles are going to be based on both your class and your stat progression so we're actually gonna all choose different classes to play but i don't want to go too much into it we'll talk about that on the next episode so sadly we have reached the end credits of this one and we wanted to thank everyone for listening to us on the podcast and we do release our podcast monthly so be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on itunes google or whatever your platform of choice is and if you have any feedback for us we'd love to hear from you shoot us an email at saturday morning gaming show at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Saturday M Gaming. There's also a Discord you can uh, check out. Uh, that link is on the, the Saturday Morning Gaming Twitter. We'd love to have you join us in the chat room as well. And of course, we wanted to give a special shout out to TechnoAx for much of the music this episode. For Saturday Morning Gaming, I'm Alamaxia. And I'm Lobos. And I'm the Fat Wizard. We'll see you in June with Quest for Glory 1 for the PC.